What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. And if this is your first time here, welcome. I'm so grateful for your support. I'm so grateful for your presence. And in case you weren't aware, Thrive is an acronym that stands for Thoughts, Habits, Relationships, Intention, Vitality, and Embodiment. And this is an acronym that I created to really create a framework to teach you the things that we never learned in school. And my intention with this podcast is to bring on world-renowned guests to break down their success, their breakthroughs, their obstacles that they've overcome to create massive amounts of success, health, and wealth in their life. So I'm so grateful that you're here. And now let's get to today's episode. But before we start with today's episode, I wanted to make an announcement that I'm so excited about. I just launched my Magic of Microdosing free course. This free course has over 10 videos where I really break down the neuroscience of microdosing and talk about how this medicine can potentially lead to massive transformation and healing in your life. So if you've been curious about implementing this medicine, this is a great resource for you to tap into. And again, it's 100% free. So make sure to visit the website magicofmicrodosing.com or just hit the link in the show notes below. Much love, y'all. Today's podcast episode is with the official spiritual baddie, aka Kamimi. And Kamimi is another one of my incredible friends here in Miami. And she's just, again, like such a dope human. She's beautiful on the outside and even more beautiful on the inside. She's a painter. She's a yoga teacher. And she just does a lot of cool shit and I wanted to sit down with her just to learn more about her story. I knew she grew up in Ecuador, but I had no idea all the challenges she faced during her childhood. And I think anyone listening is going to get massive value and inspiration from this conversation with Kamini. And I highly recommend tuning into this podcast on YouTube if you'd like to kind of see the vibe visually. I think it's always great to do that. So without further ado, let's get in today's conversation with the one and only spiritual baddie. Yo, 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 what is up? We are back at the Thrive University podcast. I'm so fucking excited for this next guest. We got Kamimi in the motherfucking house, aka the spiritual baddie. And I'm super happy that you're here. Thank um, you. Tell us what spiritual baddie means to you. Yeah, so um, first of all, I am a multifaceted, multi-passionate being. So um, as a spiritual baddie, I tap into my spirituality. I am all about wellness and mindfulness. But I also recognize that I am a good-looking girl. And I do all the things that baddies do. I love to twerk. I love to party. I'm a party girl. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's a spiritual baddie. A lot of different things at once. You can, you can be a boss. You can be spiritual. You can be cute. You can be compassionate. Yeah. Well, exactly. And I, I'm so glad you mentioned that, actually, because I feel like we are typically 
put in a very specific box by society during our upbringing, whether it's, hey, you're an athlete, hey, you're a scholar, um, you're a cheerleader, you are intellectual, and we're almost discouraged to seek these different parts of ourselves and parts of our identity. And I was telling you earlier, like before this, you know, how I think a lot of other attractive women, many of whom are my friends, they've identified so much of their self-worth to their physical appearance because that's what they got validated for during their upbringing. And they kind of attached onto that as they grew older. So how were you able to kind of step into these other parts of your identity? Like the artistic side, it's so beautiful to see everything. Thank you. Well, it was a process like everything. Um, I always tell people that like my looks are the least um, important thing or cool thing about me. I am a fantastic artist, um, I'm a painter, and I'm very connected to my heart. So I think that what helped me get into other aspects of my life and as a multi-passionate, multifaceted being was grounding and getting to know myself, you mm. know, uh, finding out that my worth is not my physical appearance, but what I can give to the world, which is my mission, what I'm here for. That's amazing. And what, and, and what were some of the tools that you used to kind of get grounded and learn more about your most authentic self? Yeah, so um, it all started with yoga. Mm. Um, I went on to do um, a yoga teacher training when I feel like I w hit rock bottom. When was and, that? Um, around five years ago. Okay. Um, was that with Jonah? Uh, no. Okay, I, okay. I did do another one. I've done, I, I love certifications. You'll, you'll learn this about me. Okay. Um, I love to learn. Um, I'm a teacher archetype, so I learn um, everything that I learn, I, like I teach. Yeah. And um, I, I learn stuff by teaching. So, um, yeah, it, it started with yoga, the, the physical practice of yoga that really got me, like opened me up to a world of mindfulness. Then it went on to getting more rooted in, um, in my my ancestors and who I am in Ecuador, you know, we are all about the heart. We're all about using um, cacao in ceremonies to tap in. So then that's how it, I actually got into more of who I am truly at my core. Mm. Um, just cacao ceremonies and, and just by myself meditating, asking the cacao for clarity um, asking for guidance, um, started to do a lot of shamanic shaking, mm. um, to release trauma from my body. We, we, um, we hold a lot of tension in the body and you know how animals, like they're always like shaking. We should be doing that too. Um, so I, I started to tap into shamanic shaking. And you um, see dogs, by the way, do that all the time. Yeah. Like if dogs like get into a tussle or something shakes them up, they literally just remove that trauma from their memory by shaking off. Quick, it's a reset. Yeah, they don't dwell on it. They're not holding on to those grudges for five years, 10 years. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so shamanic shaking. I, I started to really dig deep into uh, my roots of, you know, being from Ecuador and what the people in my community did. Um, I, I found out about primal screaming. I love mm. to scream. Um, I wait, love to wait, wait, howl. Hold on, hold on. You love to howl and scream. I, I want to. Is it okay? Do we have permission? Can you? Can you? Can you do a scream? Yeah. So, yeah, you just, like, scream from the top. Are you sure? Do you want to do it here? It's, it's, it's like, really fucking loud. Yeah, it's like, you just, like, ah, but, like, no holding back. Okay, we won't do it this time, but, yes, let's do one together, maybe, like, outside. Yeah, but, like, for the people that are listening to this or watching, um, this is transformative. Whenever you are allowing yourself to really, like, let go and scream, from the tops of your lungs, it releases so much tension, just like the just like the shaking as well. I feel like I was literally thinking about this when I was with Pamela filming like two days ago, and I was just having kind of like a shitty day, and I was I, I literally told her I, I just need a fucking scream right now, and I just fuck like just in Sunset Harbor, and I feel like especially as men too, we've been programmed and trained to suppress our emotions. Mm -hmm. Right, especially when it comes to like anger and sadness, like bottle that shit in. And that clearly hasn't done anything good for men because we're just constantly tense because we've been holding all of this shit in. We've been bottling up all of our feelings and emotions. Sometimes the most valuable thing you can do is literally just fucking scream at the top of your lungs like you said. Let out a fuck. Let out a shit. Let out whatever it is you need, like obviously in a healthy way, not yeah. doing this like in the middle of a public place or restaurant, um, but scream, grab a pillow. and Fuck shit up if yeah. you must. Yeah, like it's better to do that internally and, and channel your emotions in a healthy way rather than causing destruction to anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's very fucking valuable. You mentioned five years ago, this yoga teacher training. Mm-hmm that you took during the rock bottom? Yeah. I'm curious to know what, what was the rock bottom for you? Well, it was, it was a long time coming. And for you to understand, I have to take you back to Ecuador, 1990. I was born. <laughs> hey, same here. <laughs> yeah? September, yeah. So I was born in Ecuador in 1990. My parents, very young parents, I was a second child. Um, they weren't together for much long, longer after I was born. Um, my mother was deeply depressed. So I grew up in a home where all I knew was sadness. Mm. I, I didn't get to play. I didn't get to um, enjoy my childhood. In fact, I don't have a one happy memory as a child. Not one. Um, so... With that, like carrying that over, you know, continuously, um, my, my mother being sad, but also abusive verbally and, um, mm. and physically um, is very detrimental for a child or anyone to live in that environment. Um, and so as, as a grown-up, I started to see how that trauma translated in my life. So my mother withholding love from me, not showing me any love, not giving me a hug, telling me I love you, that um, made me feel unworthy. Mm. And feeling unworthy made me a perfectionist. So 
I put myself into really high standards. I always, I can't do anything unless it's perfect. I, in fact, I sometimes I even catch myself doing this. If it's something new and I think that I'm going to be bad at it, I'm not going to do it because I'm like, I want to be like just a perfectionist because I want to be validated, you know? So I realized that. Um, another thing is from feeling invisible in my home as a child, I, I had fear of being seen. So I never put myself out there. I, what would they say about me? I'm not worthy. I have nothing to say. There's, I have nothing to offer. Mm. Um, I, I didn't feel like I had, I was special. I didn't feel like there was anything special about me um, growing up. So all of these things bottled up. And I, I, this is when I started to disassociate from my body. So during my childhood, I, the reasons why I don't remember shit is because I was disassociating myself from all this trauma that I was living. Mm. But the way that I did it was actually what transformed my life because the way that I was dissociating was with art. So I would paint and I would draw all the time, like always, always, always. And um, there was a time that I was with my grandparents and nobody ever told me I was good at art. Put this a little closer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> Nobody ever told me I was good at art. Um, I was in doing it because I thought I was good. It was just taking me somewhere else, somewhere beautiful that I wanted to be. Hmm. And, uh, and one day, my grandpa, it only takes one person, right? He looked at me. He looked at my art, and he said, this is really good. This is really good. Hmm. And... It, it only takes one person to believe in you. This was what really transformed me to have for the first time somebody that saw me and that believed that I had a talent and that I was good at something. Mm. So after, after that, of course, I continued to, li to live with my, at my house and being like, feeling like shit always, but I always had that in the back of my mind. How old were you when he told you that? I was about 12 years old. Okay. Um, and um, after that, it, it was like I knew that I had something special, but, and that somebody believed in me, but, I, I, but not fully, you know? I still, like, you know, and, and as a grown-up, I, I grew up still feeling like I have nothing to share. I have nothing special. There's nothing good about me. Um, and then I started drinking. And um, I became an attractive young female. So I started to get lots of attention. Um, and then disassociating this time now numbing with alcohol. So now I was like, oh, these people think I'm hot. They want to be my friend. Um, and I was drinking all the time and doing drugs. And until I just got tired of my own bullshit. I literally, the rock bottom happened with all of this shit came crashing down. And I realized, like, I have so much potential. No matter who told me what or what I believed before, no matter if my parents ignored me, no matter if like whoever ignored me, I, I have a purpose in this life. Mm. And that is to share my art 
but also to help other people see their blocks mm. and work through them and find out that they are worthy and they do have something special. We all came into this world with something special. Mm. I always tell the people in my class, there's a place on this earth that only you can fill. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, that's That so was long and that is not even half of it. <laughs> well, that's so powerful too. And I'm thinking about like, your grandpa. Yeah. Right. And, and he probably didn't know it at the time, but he simply complimented you on your art. And that gave you some level of hope, some level of confidence to keep going. Because on the contrary, he could have said like, your art is trash. It's absolute garbage. <laughs> and you probably would have never done any art ever again. And it's like, I think so many I think so many parents underestimate the influence that their words have on their children, right? And it's like such a common example is, you know, I used to carpool with a couple of people like back in elementary school and there's this girl, Carly, and like every time we would drive to school, it was third grade, so we were probably eight years old, she would like sing with the radio and the person who would be driving us would usually tell her to like be quiet. It's too early for that. And subconsciously, Carly most likely told herself the story that her voice didn't matter. She sounded terrible. And who knows how that impacted the rest of her life as an adult from just that small event when she was eight years old. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like shit like that that I always think about. And it just really inspires me like wow like give your flowers like like you never know how much one compliment or word of affirmation can lift somebody up yeah it only takes one person to believe in you yeah that's amazing and, and like now i feel like you've lived it's crazy when i hear stories like yours because i feel like you've lived so many fucking lives <laughs> yeah i feel the same way too. and you're only 32 yeah. you know what i mean so right now is there any obstacle that you're working through because you've done an incredible job of overcoming adversity and turning these obstacles into opportunities for growth and transformation is there anything right now that is like at the surface or do you feel pretty good with where you're at so i feel pretty good where i'm at however if you've struggled with depression, you know that it comes and goes. So this for me is an everyday battle. Mm. I, I, there's times that I wake up and I feel like shit and I have to remind myself like, do, you know, do the practices. Who are the people like, do you, who, who would you say are like the primary people in your life now that are like your support system when you are feeling that type of way that really like remind you who you are and help bring you back to that natural, elevated state that is most authentic to you? Definitely my husband. Um, he's always there to remind me, and he's just so supportive of my art and just the spiritual baddie that I am. He's just, like, he's he's great. So he's, he's a good reminder. But also just the people in my community, you know, my students, um, the people that I work with as a yoga teacher, um, you, 
<laughs> you know, I, I just recently texted you and I was like, I feel like shit. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm always here. I'm always here. Like, it's, it's, it's so fucking challenging really making that decision to pursue your passions and become the narrator and creator of your own life. Because now you're 100% responsible and accountable. You can't blame your boss, mm-hmm. right? You can't make excuses. You can't be just clocking in at nine and clocking out at five. Like, it is a fucking journey. And that's the hero's journey of, like, understanding there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be fucking very challenging moments. And knowing that your mission and purpose is greater than all of those obstacles that are in your way. And when you really feel connected to that mission and purpose that you have, that you've spoken about, it makes those difficult days a little less difficult. But by no means do they stop coming. Like, Mm -hmm. I've, I've experienced it recently too, and it's, I realize I need fucking sleep. Most of the time, it's like, yo, I'm fucking sleep deprived, bro. You know what I mean? All right, fam. I am sorry to interrupt the show one more time, but you already know I don't have sponsors for this podcast. Really, I use this platform to just provide free value for you. That is my mission at Thrive University is just to provide you the education that we never experienced in our childhood. So I created a nutrition program that literally breaks down all of the necessary principles to optimize your gut health and your brain health through nutrition. And this course used to be $297, but I wanted to make it massively affordable and accessible for everyone. So it's now $29 for lifetime access to some of the best content I've ever created regarding nutrition. So if you're ready to take your life, your health to the next level, make sure to visit the link in the show notes to take advantage of that amazing opportunity. I want to actually dive deeper into your husband, like, because so many of the men, I don't want to say so many of the men, but like, I think it's very common for men and women to be very possessive of their partners, right? And this is all coming from deep insecurities. Like, understand if you're jealous naturally, if you get jealous often, that is usually stemming from some emotional wound from your past, Mm -hmm. some trauma. But, like, it's really dope that your husband is, like, so supportive of you and, like, just allows you to do you. And, like, that's really what a partner should do. But I feel like there's so many people in partnerships and relationships that are actually confined. They're trapped. They're not able to be fully free and embodied in their most authentic self. So, like, is that just a natural thing for him is that through a lot of communication you guys have had yeah definitely communication also the type of people that we are you know and we have been together so many years like over 14 years so we have grown we weren't always so great you know um but we we have committed we are committed to understanding each other and um there's something that it's important in relationships and and is that you need to allow the the other person to be who they are and and we both let each other be 
and of course be be respectful and we're not like doing some crazy shit that the other person is going to be upset about yeah but um but we're best friends and that and that's what it takes yeah i could never be with someone that that's jealous and in fact like i my, i asked my husband like what 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 should i wear and he's like the low cut do the low cut yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like oh i'm like which bikini should i he's like the thong <laughs> you know <laughs> So he's, yeah, he's supportive. He's, yeah, he's in, he's very much in his masculine. And, and, and when you are able to, to be that and be a support, then us women, we can really just be free. Yes. Because I, I feel supported and I feel like I can be myself. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that because I feel like, again, I was literally like, I was with Pamela two days ago on Lincoln Road, like handing out flowers and like kind little words of affirmation to people, random people. And there's multiple women who are like really frightened almost that I was like offering them this flower and letter and they certainly weren't able to receive. And I'm sure a lot of it stems from traumas and emotional wounds from the past. Like, what do you think is the most important thing for men to understand when embarking on a relationship with a woman and just creating that safe space in general? Hmm. The most important thing for a man to understand about a woman. To really understand about being in a relationship with a woman and creating that safe space. Well, the first thing is you can't go into anything feeling like you need to change anyone. So if you have, if you pick someone, you need to make sure that you like them how they are. That's the first thing. And then to make them feel safe, of course, um, be understanding, listening. Listening is huge. We like to talk and we want you to be listening. Mm. So yeah, those are important for me, I think. Okay, cool. So just to recap, being present, I feel like, let me rewind. So the way that I process that is like the most important quality for a powerful man to bring to the table in a relationship or in life in general is presence. Yeah. Because that presence will allow you to listen on a deeper level. It will allow you to cultivate true connection and it will also allow you to fully see your partner. Yeah. Right? Without any preconceived notions or judgments, when you're fully tapped into that presence, mm -hmm. you can fully just see all of the uniqueness, all of the beauty. Yeah. Right? And we want to be seen. Yeah. Do you think, what do you think is the biggest insecurity that most women have? Mm. Well, that one is hard because I can't talk about most women. Um, Fair enough. The, the one of my insecurities has, has always been feeling inadequate. Like, um, because I know that I am good looking, that I have to overcompensate by being smarter and, or like I'm not smart enough. 
So that is one of my insecurities. And um, especially like learning English as my second language, I, it took me a long time to um, be comfortable expressing myself. I, I was mute for uh, like a few years when I first moved to US because I didn't speak English. And in Ecuador, I never learned. I was a really bad student. So, um, tu inglés es perfecto. Gracias. Necesito practicar mi español porque quiero comunicar con Ecuador, con la gente en todos los países que hablan español. Y eres una inspiración. Lo haces muy bien. Solo sigue practicando y ya. Vamos. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. So, I understand that you can't really speak on behalf of the entire gender of yeah. females. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's just say like your female friends, like your circle, mm -hmm. right? Like, what do you feel like is either the biggest insecurity or the biggest limiting belief that is still present in their lives? Hmm. The reason I ask is because I think it's like important for people to understand like they're not alone. Yeah. And a lot of times we have these limiting beliefs. Like people might see you and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like she was insecure about X, Y, and Z. Right. So I think it's valuable for people to have that perspective and realize like, oh shit, like, like <laughs> I'm not, I'm not by myself here on this yeah. island. One of, one of the things that is happening right now with the people around me is, and is because of our age is aging. Um, like I feel like women are, and me too, um, I think about that a lot lately and I'm like, oh shit, like my skin, this is an insecurity. Like how do my looks, you know, like, oh, I am 33 years old. I'm about to be 33 years old and I have a wrinkle and that is huge in, with women, skin insecurities. Wow. That actually makes sense. Because we're afraid of aging for some reason. Like, we, I don't know how this happened, but we're all afraid of aging. And that's why when somebody tells you, oh, you're 32, you look 27, you're like, yes! And, and, and why, you know? Yeah. I have no idea why, but it's because we are, this is like something that we're programmed to think that like older, like aging is bad. But actually, aging is great and it comes with a lot of wisdom. Yeah. Well, that's good perspective to have. And that's just another reason, again, like women naturally produce much less serotonin than men, which is why two thirds of people who struggle with depression are women. And I think it's really important for men to understand the power in words of affirmation, mm -hmm. in giving a compliment. Like if you're with your partner or just a girl that you're are close friends with like you have no idea how powerful a compliment you know not necessarily on your physical appearance but just like words of affirmation i appreciate your presence like your energy is beautiful you're such a kind soul and you're actually like your smile lights up the room like this type of shit from a place of authenticity mm -hmm. is so valuable and like it takes me back to also your grandpa giving you those words but like that's really i never really thought of that like women i guess you think in their early 30s that's really when they start to think about the skin and aging yeah for sure it happened to me i was like oh 
when somebody, I had to like catch myself because when someone was like, oh, you don't look like you're in your 30s, you look like da 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 da, I'm like, yes and then i'm like wait hold up i have to take it back like why why are we so obsessed with being young yeah or looking young yeah i think if i'm being fully transparent i actually thought you were older but not because like your skin or anything like that just because of like the way you carry yourself you know what i, I mean? get that a lot yeah. yeah 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 it has nothing to do for me it's more about like the energy and essence that someone gives off and it's like oh wow it's like a very like wise like powerful energy and then there's like more youthful, like I always think I look younger than 32. And some people say I look older. And I'm like confused. I'm like, but whatever. Right. And it's like, that's interesting. I also noticed that women late 20s, early 30s, it's much more like much more like serious about partners. It's like, yo, I'm not playing around no more. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like you're either like a worthy partner for fucking marriage and being being my baby daddy or or like nah you know what i mean mm -hmm. when do you think that happens for most women in their late 20s yeah for sure at 30s you're like because you don't want to waste your time do you want to have kids yeah for sure are you guys we um we want to have a child okay but just not yet because yeah. we're both like just doing all the things we love and we understand that when when we actually do have a child we're gonna go ham yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we're gonna, I'm, we're gonna be full time. I, I'm gonna be full time. Yeah, for sure. And I want to finish on that topic because I'm glad you mentioned that. Since when is being a full time mom a bad thing? Like, yo, like tell me why. We we had this revolution, like this feminist movement. I think it was part of that where it was like, I'm a bad bitch. I'm a boss bitch, and it's like all women. All women are now thinking, all women are now thinking like, like I need to be a successful entrepreneur. I need to start a company. I need to wear a suit. Like I need to be as worthy and valuable as a man. And what happened in that process is so many women now are so tapped into their masculine energy and they're completely depriving themselves mm -hmm. of their softness, their gentleness, that beautiful divine feminine essence and it's kind of sad to see, honestly. And like, I'm very open about my gratitude for my mom, mm -hmm. you know, and she stopped working after she gave birth to my older brother and dedicated every ounce of her soul to raising her sons. And that's a full-time job. Like I would not be where I'm at now in this world without my mom doing that. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's really sad that people have vilified moms that have dedicated their life to raising their children. That's a full-time job and we need to really lift our mothers up and show them the respect that they deserve. I'm happy that you, you said that because my husband and I talk about that all the time because it seems like you like people think that being a stay-at-home mom is like less than but it's actually a harder job and whenever we it's time for us to have a child i'm gonna be there full time because that's gonna be fun and and because of the way that i was raised i want to be the mm. opposite i'm excited to lift my kid up to like just I, i'm excited to do that i love that that's yeah. fucking, you're gonna be such a cool mom 
Thank you. It's gonna be like a little baby twerking, twerking, and fucking like painting. drawing Picasso's, like <laughs> fucking like headphones banging, like let's go. Um, well, this was really fucking fun. Yeah, it was. Because this was like the first more in depth conversation we've had, and it just so happened that it was for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and now I feel like much more connected to you, and like I'm really grateful. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Yeah, where can people connect with you more? Yeah, so um, you can find me on is- Instagram as Kamimi underscore is dope. The original spiritual baddie. <laughs> and then my website is KamimiOnEarth.com. Kamimi on Earth. Dope. We'll link to both of those in the show notes. And Kamimi, yeah. you are fucking really dope. Like, your Instagram handle is completely in alignment with who you are. And I'm just grateful that you live in Miami now. And I'm yeah. grateful to like co-create a lot with you and just continue lifting each other up and doing cool shit in the community. And I'm really proud of you for everything you've overcome. And um, I'm always here to support you Thank as you. a brother, as a friend. Thank you so much. I love you. Yes. Love you too. Let's do it. Oh my goodness. You made it until the end of this podcast. And I'm so grateful for you just really committing to your health and to your transformation. So just take a moment to appreciate and acknowledge yourself for making it until the end. And I really hope that you take at least one thing that you heard today and implement it into your life because knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. It requires you to take action and implement these different practices and principles into your life. And I'm here to support you every step of the way. So again, word of mouth is my oxygen. I don't do this for money. I just do it to cultivate community and help you enrich your life. So if you gain value from the show, share it with a friend, share it on your Instagram story, tag me at coach Jeremy 305. And if you want to see the video version of this episode, go check out our YouTube channel because again, when you see things, sometimes it brings them to life and you can really see different parts of this conversation and the relationship dynamic with each guest. So again, fam, thank you. Thank you so much. You already know what time it is. It's time to take action on your dreams and thrive.